This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, I'm Grongi McGuire, and this is Chantelle for Dooch and Pate. Hello. bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So, Take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the, the way, way they were. Do you quit, Chantal? Top of the morning to you, Granny. <laughs> How are you this week? I am very well. It's proper Halloween season, so I'm feeling the vibe. Have you had a pumpkin spice latte yet? You know, I always, I love the idea of pumpkin spice latte, but I just find in reality it's too sweet. You're exactly 100 billion percent correct. It's like diabetes. It's liquid diabetes. It does. You can feel the heart attack. It's heart attack in a glass. It's, it's not tasty. But I feel the vibes around it, what it symbolizes, oh. I'm there for. Mm. Yeah, what it's about, the concept I think now, I think the, the um, I'm going to get really into this. I think pumpkin spice latte five years ago was very live, laugh, love. But now mm-hmm. it's evolved beyond that. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's way more self-aware. So now it's cool. <laughs> now, it's, now it's like an Erewhon smoothie. Now, now it's actually like edgy to be into. It's a bit like how like feminists decided that the Kardashians were okay. It's that kind of vibe yeah. now. <laughs> it's pumpkin spice latte, Taylor's version. That's right. That's right. It's evolved. It's evolved. We're all behind it now. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'm very excited about as well. I our live I show. I'm very excited about Our live show. That's right. October the 25th at the Museum of Comedy. It's in Hoburn, London, guys. It's a Wednesday night. Wednesdays are very boring. Oh. If you work in an office or anywhere where someone says, happy hump day on a Wednesday, after you finish punching them in the face, come to our live show that night instead and have a great time with us. We have... The incredible Alexandra Haddow. Now, she's an incredible comedian and basically the only reason to still have X slash Twitter on your phone. She is a funny, funny, funny gal. And then we also have the queen of British comedy. It is the incandescent Carrie Ad Lloyd. It's going to be amazing. Granny and I are pumped. The last live show was a roaring success. Who knows if this one can better it. And I guarantee you, I can guarantee if you are currently single, you will meet the love of your life at our podcast. Honestly, it'll be like walking in Vermont. Just come along, guys. You will be here. You will definitely meet the love of your life. (laughs) Grania and I have a lot to do with this podcast. (laughs) Speaking of loves of our lives, the love of my life, my comedy life, is our guest. She is comedy royalty. She is The Queen of Ireland. She's, of all the guests we've had, the one my family has been most excited about. They might actually, they might actually listen to this podcast. That's how excited they are. Because we have the incredible Tara Flynn. The way they were. Hi, Tara. Hi, Tara. Hi. 
How are you two? Great. How are you? Not too bad. I'm actually in the mammy's house. I'm in my mum's house in Kinsale. So um, this is very exciting. It's very exciting to be doing a podcast from home. Ooh. So <laughs> home, home. <laughs> and this is this is a this podcast really taps into I think a lot of people's like teenage views of love so being in your mm. parents house it feels very it feels like a very immersive experience for you yes absolutely now we weren't living in this house when I was in my teens so I didn't have any experiences in various corners but we'll go with the feelings <laughs> of it and <laughs> um, so Tara we're a very romantic podcast we believe in a thing called love do you would you consider yourself romantic I'm quite romantic. I'm also a realist. I got battered around the place in my in my thirties, not literally, but my heart <laughs> took a battering, and it was just I, I had given up completely when I met the man who would become my husband. And I, I mean, I was so mean to him when we met. I was such a meanie beanie because I was going, "This can't be real. I've given up on the whole thing." So, but he he stuck around and he he retrained my little heart. He took it like a little tiny bird and made it all better gave it little tiny love worms and and love grubs and and eventually it, it, it came back the heart came back so I do believe in it now but I, I I think I think it's also about love is not just this romantic sort of movie thing I think love is a very real real world thing and it takes work to be in a relationship and mm-hmm. it takes work to park your own selfishness and all it does for me anyway mm-hmm. and um and really make room for that other person totally yeah and what what's like if we say romantic what is like what would be like something romantic that your partner did for you that you were like oh yes this is it this is it (laughs) I remember once during the Edinburgh Fringe one of those weeks where I'm never going to perform again ever I hate everyone and everything but especially myself and I remember I was just warming up to do a show that maybe three people were going to turn up to but I believed in it but felt like no one else did and I remember he just came back to the flat with a fries chocolate cream other chocolate bars are available but he came back with a fries chocolate cream and I just went oh god that's exactly what I needed today it was a little thoughtful fries chocolate cream it was just so lovely one of the very first times that after he'd got the the keys to my flat when we were first going out we hadn't moved in together yet and I had to fly we were living in London and I had to fly to Ireland for one of those day gigs I'm sure you do them as well Gronn you're over and back on the same day and it's doable but it's absolutely grueling you're you're wrecked and when I got back to the flat the flat that was my flat still on my own there he was inside cooking me some tea and I was just like I love him very much and I will never let him leave and I locked the door <laughs> and I put him in a cupboard and I never let him leave so I feel like your your love language is food basically is the way the way no, my love language my love language is having things brought to me <laughs> acts of service acts, acts of service, service. acts That's of service right. he you know it could have been a, a, a beautiful puppy dog or something but yeah that it, that it arrived in that moment without me having to ask yeah. that was the bit that made me absolutely melt and just go wow he was thinking about me when I wasn't here and that's so lovely to get any man to do anything without asking is that's that's I'd marry him that day as well that's worth <laughs> it <laughs> well so you have Tara your couple is 
And without giving any clues away, I did mention to my sister and to my mum this couple, which is a secret until we tell Chantal. And genuinely, yes. for the very first time, my mum expressed interest in listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for very, interesting. For the very yes. first time. So um, I have a feeling as a non-Irish person, I'm not going to be, I'm like, I'm so scared I'm not going to know this couple because so far everything about it screams Ireland. So I'm really, this is a real test of how much I know about Irish celebrities, I feel like. I'm stressed. You may not know this couple, but you will by the end of this podcast because we're going to take you to a wonderland of experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward there's, to it. I'm intrigued either way. Yeah, a very specific type of Irish woman that both terrifies me and excites me more than anything else this this type of irish woman if they're nice to me i feel more alive and like more special but would not cross anyway <laughs> uh we're going to uh present some clues uh, to the beautiful chantelle to give her maybe maybe you will know who they are who knows i can tell you this couple got together in the golden year of 1979 okay 1979, let us, let us set the scene. China starts their one child per family rule. Sony releases The Walkman and Kramer versus Kramer told us that maybe divorce isn't as glamorous as we all thought <laughs> Now remember, we don't know that these world events influenced this couple getting together, but we don't know for sure that it didn't. Because, speaking of messy splits, this <laughs> Irish diva lost her twinkle when her cheating music man couldn't keep his mickey where it was supposed to be. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, though, half the people listening in Ireland now are popping up and down in their chairs going, oh my God, I know it, I know it. Everyone in Ireland knows that that's a given. I know all of Ireland is screaming at me. But aside from you saying the name, the word, I presume the guy's name is Mickey? I have no idea. I have no idea. I've you found a black hole in my. I have absolutely no clue. That's a great guess. But she said the name. No, <laughs> no. Uh, Tara. Do you want to put Chantal? Indeed, please tell us who the couple is. The couple is absolute Irish icon, a diva, a star, the Queen of Ireland. Many might say, especially in terms of showbiz, Twink, yeah. and her ex-husband David Agnew. Her name is Twink. Her name is Twink. Because this is all, I, I'm, I'm strapped in. Tell me, I've never heard of these people in my entire life. So I'm ready. When they got married in 1979, I was 10. So I was already very aware of Twink. What in a Ireland name. At the time, it's a brilliant, yeah, she so, was, yeah. Joanne, do you want to fill in the background? Well, so we'll do a deep dive uh, on this couple, obviously. But for people like Chantelle, and as an Irish person who lives in the UK, truly, apart from... All they've done, 600 years of oppression, <laughs> the famine, trying to claim Sir Ronan as British. Yeah. The thing that makes it hardest for me is I can't talk to <laughs> British people about Twink. So could you describe who Twink is and why she matters? 
Twink was, uh, she was a child star originally. And then, so she was in all the pantomimes and variety shows around Dublin. She then went on to become very well known on telly as Irish telly really found its feet. Mm -hmm. Now, back in those days, if you lived in Dublin or up at the top of a very high hill, you might be able to get a couple of UK channels. But if you didn't and you lived in the Republic like I did, if you lived sort of south of Dublin and not far enough north to be getting UK channels up north, you had one TV channel. Now, that changed in 1979. A lot happened because we got, so there was RTE, known only as RTE, which then became RTE 1 when we got RTE 2 in 1979. So a whole world of entertainment opened up and Twink, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say she was at the, the beating heart of it. She had been on uh, sketch shows. She had been in every musical show you could think of. She was in our living rooms every week. She was such a diva, such a star. The queen of Irish panto. Her pantos would always sell out. Um, and then she got married to a musician named David Agnew. So mm -hmm. that, is that enough background to start? Beautiful blonde perfect. hair, very glam. She was part of Maxie Dick and Twink. You might be able to tell that history, Gronya. I don't know. What you have to, I think what... People who aren't Irish don't understand about Irish celebrity is a different level of famous in that it's not like they're not like unreachable, glamorous people like you could imagine shopping in the same shops as them. But also every single person in the country knows who they are. Yeah, totally. They're like your cousin, but like. It, you wouldn't be like, oh my God, oh my God. Like even like Bono, I think most people be like, oh, that's Bono. But like, <laughs> it's just everybody knows. So Twink is like every single person in Ireland knows who Twink is. Absolutely. Okay. And she's a quadruple threat. Like she, it's singing, dancing, acting, and now cakes. So <laughs> for- That's what my mum said <laughs> when I was talking to mum. She does cakes now, you know. It's cakes now. <laughs> Yeah, she's left the showbiz world behind. She says, I don't know, could she be coaxed back? Maybe this is the podcast to do it. <laughs> Listen, I genuinely, and we'll get going, yeah. but of all the celebrities, this is the one I'm most scared of because you know what my sister said? She just said, she just paused and said, you do know she'll listen to it. Oh, she's going to be... listen to this podcast. <laughs> she might know that I'm alive. That I would don't... be the dream. I mean, to say she's an icon is it is no you can't you can't over egg this like a cake. She is just the quintessential Irish star. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's so... like the queen of England meets Scylla Black. Yes. I don't know. Sure. There. <laughs> yes. Perfect. I Anyway, enough of this nonsense. David Agnew, Adele King, to use her her formal, mm -hmm. her government name. Uh, what about their star signs? Well, I can tell you, they're both Aries. Oh. They're both Aries. And by the way, we it was easy to find Adele's, Twink's, birth date. Uh, our producer had to do a real deep dive on David's Facebook page to try and figure out when he was oh, born. God. Because he just doesn't have the same profile, okay? <laughs> he doesn't have the same profile. So, Tara, according to their star signs, an Aries and an Aries, mm. before we even get going on what their relationship was like, astrologically, what chance did these kids ever have? What do you think their percentage of two Aries working oh, out was? Oh, I'm, I'm not hugely up on star signs, but I know that that's two rams butting yeah. heads and it's... 
to very strong personalities, mm -hmm. to very creative people? Um, was there going to be a lot of room in, in any room for both mm. of them? So it, it seems like it could be star-crossed, but a little horny, we allowed to say. <laughs> Sorry, terrible dad jokes, but I am at my mum's, so you'll have to forgive me. <laughs> So what, what percentage? You want what percentage? From oh, I'd say, oh, I've got 49. 49. 49. One way or the okay. other. Cautious. Tara's cautious. Yeah. What do you think, Chantal? I'm not sure that we've had two Aries before. So let's see. Two Aries. I know about as much as Tara did. So just nothing. <laughs> so anyway, that was, oh, the Rams. Well done. <laughs> I didn't even know that. So I'm going to say, just to mix it up, I'm going to say like 92%. We haven't had a high one in a while. Okay, well, I can tell you, according to their astrological charts, which govern us all, when two Aries come together, it's imperative for at least one of them to have mastered the art of staying calm. If this is achieved by one of them, not through passive aggression, but through rational thought, their relationship can be truly rewarding. Mm -hmm. As two warm and passionate people, they can share many adventurous moments that raise their energy level sky high. 75%. So close. They had all the chances. It was meant to be. Wow. What happened? Literally. What happened? What happened? <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> well, so what I should say is just for in the interest of balance, Twink basically talk, has spoken about her relationship in every single interview that she's ever given. And she also, Tara, can I ask, have you ever read her book, Unzipped? I haven't. I haven't. And I really should. I would love to because I'm such a huge fan. She's been in my life for so long and I just, I think she's incredible. How I haven't got around to it, I don't know. Somebody actually asked me at one stage, did you, um, did you in any way contribute to the book? Or And I was like, no, but that would have been my dream. I wish. No, and I'm sure, I'm sure Twink wrote all by herself of course she did I genuinely it reads like a voicemail ironically enough that she left at two in the morning after about three bottles of wine that's the vibe I genuinely was reading it thinking has anybody checked any of this before it went to the publisher <laughs> well you know I think sometimes you need to write in as close to your own voice as possible and it, it that's what the fans expect. That's what they demand. And I'm glad that's what they got. Listen, that is what they got. I genuinely, if you just buy the book, it's it's incredible. I can't okay. Wait. So and what I'm saying basically is the version of this marriage is very much from Twink's POV. We don't get a lot of David's narrative, so just have that in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, I will, where I can, give specific quotes uh, from, from the book. So just give you a flavour of Twink, what are vibes about? In her book, in the acknowledgements, she has a quote from her dad, which said, on his deathbed, he made the following statement. I am honoured that we have given birth to you. Who would have thought when I married mom that we would give birth to somebody who would be in the entertainment history books of Ireland? Where's the lie? That's... Where is <laughs> this is pure truth. <laughs> uh, so she, she started off as a child performer. She played the harp, guitar, piano and flute. And then she ended up in the Young Dublin Singers Choir and was a big panto performer. Then when she was 12... She joined a girl group, Maxie, Dick and Twink. They were like Ireland in the late 70s. They were 
Girls Aloud could never. They were the Girls Aloud of Ireland in the 70s. Then when they split up because of problems in the band, there was, there was a few rows, big personalities. She moved to Las Vegas where on her 21st birthday, Johnny Cash sang her happy birthday on the stage. Nice. It's just a thing that would happen to Tweak. For five years, she dated John McColgan, who went on to create Riverdance. And then she also thinks, because uh, we, we like to go through people's like relationship history. In a past life, she thinks <laughs> that she was in Pompeii and she was in love with Perry Como. They were together in a past life, living in Pompeii, and they it tragically died in the eruption. Oh, no. Okay. So I, I, I felt I should include that in her I think it's relevant. Story. I think it's relevant. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. So they meet in 1979, her and David. She was, um, they were in a production of Oliver. Twink was Nancy, obviously. Can I ask a quick question? Do yeah. we ever find out why she called her name herself Twink? Okay, so she because she was a young performer, one time she was a, a, a dancer on stage uh-huh. and she was like really young and she was called Twinkle Toes and it got shortened to Twink. Got you, got it. Okay. So she met uh, David when they're both working together on Oliver. Oliver. Yep. This is how she describes the early days of their romance. So this is from Unzipped. David Agnew and I enjoyed the kind of love affair that would have made even Lord Byron and Lady Caroline blush. He wrote like a poet, sending me the most romantic notes and letters imaginable. For the most part, it was a dreamy bohemian relationship. But sadly, there is always somebody waiting in the wings with the proverbial vial of poison. Unfortunately, while David had many qualities, self-control and fidelity were never amongst them. Mm, Yikes. Okay. David. So he's this charmer with an oboe. She's a pop princess. But he's a ladies' man, yeah. But he's a ladies' Wandering man. Wandering eye. Wandering eye. He's a cheeky charmer. But did they, I get, I, I'm presuming because I've, they basically stayed in, like their fame, their careers very much based in Ireland, correct? Yeah. And everyone knew them, as you said, everyone knew them in Ireland. So who was this guy cheating with? Because whoever he was cheating with knew Twink, right? But th- that was probably part of the turn on. Yeah. Oh, I like, see. Okay. This is Twink's. This is Twink's man. Twink's yeah. chap. There yeah. was a. There was um. There was a, a crosshair on that man's back. I see. From all the women, they weren't just stealing oh, from Twink. All the women going. Oh well, if he's uh, if I can steal Twink's man. Oh, I see. The Green Isle, green with envy. I yes. Nice. Yes. 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 They were hoping that some of the stardust would maybe 
rub off on them, I guess, because she was, yeah, it was a very, they were a power couple at a certain point. And, uh, oh, she was also a huge comedy star. She worked with uh, Dermot Morgan, who went on to play Father Ted. All right. Um, she worked with him on one of his first telly appearances on a show called The Live Mike, which was uh, Mike Murphy, a big television presenter in Ireland in the 70s and 80s. And he used to do loads and loads of sketches. And Twink was one of the performers and she used to do impressions. And she was one of the first women I saw on telly being funny. And I was just like, you know, so she's, you know, she's got, you know, sincere uh, reach and admiration. So I'm sure there were loads of people just going, well, yeah, I'll have a bit of him. I got it. Get closer to Twink. That's right. And it's it's funny. I watched a few years back. It was 25 years, a history of 25 years of Irish light entertainment. And it was an hour long. Now that's a show I'd love to watch with Grania. (laughs) By the end, I genuinely thought I was having a stroke because (laughs) the only 25 years of Irish light entertainment, an hour long, the only woman on it was like a 30 second clip of Twink. That was wow. it. So not even Maureen Potter, who would have been an older, sort of from the variety, real varieties, musical stages. She wasn't, didn't even feature in that history. It, I mean, unless maybe she was in a little clip at the start. But I remember, you know, when you start, you start twitching. And then I was almost like, I was like, tease me, tease me. Like, and then it ended. I was like, oh, God, this bloody country. So Twink, what I'm saying is Twink, she can't have had, she was tough. Twink is tough. Sure. If she could, if she could come up through that, she's tough. And honestly, um, if, they, if they had to pick just one woman to represent all of Irish show business, uh, <laughs> it had to be her, didn't it? It did. It did. She because if I wouldn't be surprised if she hadn't been in it, she probably would have broken to RTE and just edited yeah. herself in anyway, which would be right. Um. So anyway, three years after they get together, they get. Married, mm-hmm. and this event is, as she describes in her book, an Irish royal wedding. Gay Byrne, who <laughs> there's so much of this, it's like you have to explain who everybody is. Gay Byrne, just like Mr. Ireland, okay, just okay, just, just imagine, just keep it wedding. just that. <laughs> yeah, everyone at home, just imagine in your mind how you imagine Mr. Ireland to look, <laughs> which could be very different depending on where you're from. How would Tara, how would you, if you're gonna like. Give a comparison for Gay Byrne. Gay, oh, comparison for Gay Byrne. It's very difficult because he he was on a talk show, a radio show every every day, and then a talk show called The Late Late Show every Saturday night. Then it moved to Friday. But it was one of those things that everybody watched, every single person. Because yeah. you might find U2 on it, or mm-hmm. uh, you might find Peter Sellers used to do it. So some amazing guests would be on. And then they talk about something really deeply serious. So he was quite paternalistic. He definitely spoke to the mythical Middle Ireland. Um, but he could be great crack, loved comedy. But if he wasn't at your wedding, you could not call it a royal wedding. So Got the it. fact that Gay was there is the absolute stamp of approval, not just from Gay himself, but from all of Ireland. Got all it. Okay. Of Ireland. Got it. Uh, so an 11 year old fan wrote to Twink begging her to be her bridesmaid. Was it Tara? <laughs> it was totally me. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have even known how to get to Dublin at the time. It was a long way from the train. That was the issue, was it? Otherwise you were yeah. there. Totally. It was, it was a travel yeah. problems. Yeah. Thousands of fans lined up to see her wedding. Guests included, you're not going to know who any of these are, Chantelle, but just act very impressed by um, these people. Yeah. Ronnie Drew was there, Chantelle. Never. <gasps> Ronnie, bloody hell. 
Mike Murphy turned Mike up. Mike Murphy. Oh my, this is every, this is the glitterati. We're talking A-list. <laughs> Dermot Morgan. Well, I knew Dermot Morgan. If, if Mikey's there, then Dermot's going to be right <laughs> behind course. him, obviously. We all know that. And Brendan Grace. Brendan Grace. Oh, Brendan Grace. Oh, thank God. Brendan Grace was there. Oh, I remember Brendan Grace. <laughs> Good old Brendan. So this is big. This is big. This wedding was so big, it was on the nine o'clock news. And here's a little guess. I don't know if Tara, if you even know this, but I'll direct it to Chantal first. Who was her page boy? Can you guess who Twink's page boy was? Do you think I might know who he is? You'll know. You'll know. I, 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 okay. I think you'll know. Uh, I, I'm just going to pick anyone who's Irish and just go, I don't know, Ronan Keaton. Ronan Keaton. Tara, do you know who our page boy was? I don't actually know, but I'm going to guess Johnny Logan. Um, well, I can tell you, <laughs> page boy at Twink's wedding was David O'Doherty. No way! Who's David O'Doherty? Oh, David O'Doherty! No. Oh. Oh. Oh, You're a housewife's favourite. Am I close? You're going to be banned from the Edinburgh Fringe and help not knowing who David Doherty is. So, they're now official Irish showbiz royalty. Royalty, A-list. However, Twink is getting restless. She wants to spread her rings. So, mm-hmm. after getting married, she decides she's going to move to the UK to try and break into the entertainment scene here. But there is a problem because she has to move home because David is cheating on her. One year into the marriage, she's cheating on her. She says she gets phone calls from women in the orchestra <gasps> taunting her about the affairs David was having on her. And Twink says it was jealous because she had won David. Oh, I didn't realise it was going on this long. Yes. All this malarkey. And around that time, you know, she did, she's, she ventured into more serious acting because she was known for variety and comedy uh, and musical sort of big bright stuff so she did things like she did a play called The Burning Bed which I don't know if you guys ever heard of that Farrah Fawcett did a movie uh, of it, I think 1984 I, I was obsessed with that Farrah Fawcett there, film it's the most ridiculous it's a camp classic it's the it most ridiculous film classic, but apparently it's based highly on recommend. a true story but it, do, story. it is a woman who is abused and wronged for a very long time gets her revenge by setting things on fire no spoilers <laughs> Pretty. Um, it did seem to be a thing that light entertainment women would do that role to show look what a serious actress I am much like Farrah Fawcett did yeah exactly exactly, that they had that kind of heft but it now sounds like maybe she was working through something that was happening at home and also this does mean that him cheating on her is why I and a lot of other people have not heard of her exactly this is literally his fault she because she's gorgeous and she's a good performer and she's a really good singer she was at the height of their fame. There's no reason. There was no reason why she couldn't have been like, look, bloody Terry Wogan couldn't bloody sing a song. <laughs> she, she, you know, she could have had such a big career outside of Ireland, but... She should have been the, the Irish Shirley Bassey, basically. She should have come over and just blown them all away. And because of him bloody, bloody having to get his end away with every yeah. lady out there, he's the one that screwed her over. I'm already oh. pissed off at him. So this is what she says about this time. There were so many nights where I'd walk the house wondering and worrying where he was. When he did arrive home, he always looked and smelled as though he'd just stepped out of a shower, which in hindsight, of course, he had some other woman shower. Whenever I asked him where he had been all night, his response was always to the tune of, ah, just out with the lads. 
I don't know how he expected me to believe that line. What man goes out for pints with the lads and arrives home at three in the morning, freshly conferred and perfumed. Some pub that. It's very true. (laughs) Never trust a clean man. No, absolutely not. They've got to come in reeking of drinking kebabs or you (laughs) or you know. That's right. If he's pissed himself, you've got yourself a keeper. That's a keeper right there. (laughs) Hold him close. That's right. (laughs) She said, any time I asked him straight out if he was having an affair, he would somehow manage to turn it around and make me seem like the bitch for even suspecting. He would tell me I needed help because I was so insecure. In the end, I was always left feeling feeling like the guilty party, even though he was the one in the midst of the affair. So she kind of thinks he's he might be feeling a bit intimidated by her career because remember she's the queen of Ireland. Mm-hmm. So she using her money, they start up a shop in Donnybrook. Oh God, it always happens. These poor women trying to help out these useless men. So uh, she said, I thought it'd be a, a business venture in which he would enjoy. After a short time, he employed an assistant called Yvonne. Cliff Lord. I already don't trust Yvonne. I don't know about this Yvonne girl. Look, we we don't know where Yvonne is coming from. We don't know what was going on in Yvonne's life at the time. We just know she was in Donnybrook and there was a shop to be run. That's all we know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, can I just say, just what I love about this book and why this book is so special is Twink, when she t- mentions any woman that she suspects cheated on her you know had an affair with her husband she will not only give their first name but their surname as well yeah I like that I like that <laughs> it's not like this woman or this girl it's Yvonne Cliff Lord one of the Clifford lot you know what they're like <laughs> <laughs> and this is what Yvonne or this is what Twink says I didn't know her if first impressions were anything to go by I didn't take to her <laughs> and funny enough neither did any of my friends our instincts certainly didn't fail us on that one. Oh, God. She is bitter. One thing I can already tell from our dear Twink, she doesn't get over stuff. I know that. This is, she goes to the grave. She's not getting over anything. Yeah, and she wouldn't be long telling you how she felt. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, two things happen. First of all, he goes to work. Then Twink bumps into another guy from the orchestra at the traffic lights mm-hmm. and the guy mentions, oh no, we're off work today. No. So Twink is like... No. Yes. Rookie yes. mistake, David. Tell the orchestra. Tell at least the wind <laughs> section or just forget about right? it. So then he comes home at about eight o'clock oh. and complaining about how awful his day had been. And he sa- she says, he arrived into the kitchen, goes, how's my gorgeous, sexy wife? Oh, Red flag. I, as he embraced me, I played it very low and asked him about his day's work, uh, about his day at work. With each lie, I just listened with stony oh, silence. Oh God! So then she's she knows something's up, so she follows him one night and catches him kissing his mistress outside oh. her house. Oh God! I hope she. In my mind, she's wearing a wig and a trench coat. The lot. Like Twink's doing it. This is, this is a new role for her to play. <laughs> oh yeah, she would totally get into that, wouldn't she? Yeah. I'm also loving the idea of him having a hard day playing the oboe, coming home. Oh, my lips are so sore, <laughs> right? Oh, I couldn't get them in the right position. Oh, <laughs> David, honest to God. 
So she said, David went through a lot of mistresses. I won't repeat the exact term he used to describe them, but he would always follow it up with, the lot of them are good for only one thing. Sex. Wait, so he would like tell her about, I'm confused. When did, how did, what? When when was he saying this to her? Look, I'm saying the narrative in this book is is sometimes a little bit confusing. Bit all over the shop. But it's very much. She's had a few glasses of wine. She's telling you what happened. (laughs) He's very much, the, the line throughout the book is, he was always like every other woman I was with, apart from you, was just a whore. Oh God, we Grania and I have been saying this from the start as well. If a guy hates, if every other woman he's been with is crazy or a whore, or not, these, these are not good signs. Women, pay attention to these signs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a common denominator there. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> and it's all stiff lips, the oboe guy. <laughs> stiff lips with his sore lips from a hard day. <laughs> So, twinks all over the place. Her mind's a mess. What is she doing with her cheating oboist? Well, bring, bring, help is coming. Okay. A phone call comes from Louis Walsh. Oh, here he comes. Here he is. Always there to help. He says, twink, baby, would you represent Ireland at an international singing competition in Turkey? She says, of course, Louis. So she goes to Turkey and immediately falls in love with a waiter. Oh, good. That's, I did not see that coming. Good for her. <laughs> she says they bond over their shared passion for languages. Okay. <laughs> does, she, does she have that? Because that's heretofore not been mentioned, her shared passion <laughs> for languages. She speaks lots of different languages. Got She's it. very passionate about languages. Very, very passionate. Okay. <laughs> very passionate about languages. So thanks to this romance she's having with this waiter he teaches her he teaches her turkish Mm -hmm, great language then the night of this international singing competition we could imagine little louis walsh in the audience with his little bow tie Mm -hmm. twink walks on stage and sings her song in turkish turkish amazing amazing what a woman thus overnight becoming one of the biggest pop stars in turkey really Interesting. This, okay. This is all according to her book. Of course, of course. I'm taking it all with a very big, very big pinch, a handful of salt. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. So she's like Beyonce of Turkey. She's like right? Hasselhoff in Germany. Yeah, they they can't get enough. She's huge in Turkey. But she can't quit David. She can't quit David. So she gives up her globe trotting international singing career. <laughs> <laughs> to move back to Ireland and to start a family. Her glove <laughs> so once again, she's thwarted by his wandering yeah. eye. Once again, yeah. her international career is ruined by him. So she sort of she's back in Ireland. She she has two beautiful girls with David. Okay. She thinks okay, he's maybe got a bit of a wandering eye. How bad could it be? So one day she's with her. The girls mm-hmm. in the back garden. And there is this filing cabinet. And she had promised the girls that they could use the filing cabinet to play in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there, honestly, there weren't that many TV channels. We have to reiterate this. Although by the time the girls were born, there had been more. We, we had to amuse ourselves a lot. Yeah, this was the 1980s, not the 1780s. I think they had more. And these were the two richest people in Ireland. I'm they could do better you, than a filing cabinet. It's Ireland. <laughs> At the time. Go on, go on. Tell us what happened. She promised, she, 
She promised the girls they could play with the filing cabinet. Hey, oh I, I understand. Yeah, office office things are fun when you're a kid. Go for it. She's, she's trying to pull open the drawers, oh, but no. one of them is locked. Oh. <laughs> surprise, surprise. More rookie mistakes. <laughs> if it wouldn't happen in an episode of Columbo, don't do it in your life. <laughs> God damn it. So she remembers seeing a key. Of course. So she opens up. How long is the chapter for this in the book? Is this half the book about the filing cabinet? Is the book called The Filing Cabinet? She pulls open the filing cabinet. Okay. And she finds. I, I will describe. A woman. A load- <laughs> Surprise! It pops out like a birthday cake. So she. What did she find? She found loads of letters and cards from Yvonne. Correspondence with Yvonne, with the other woman. Okay, and I'm going to go into, I'm going to use Twink's own words. There are uh, letters from Yvonne, crude birthday cards, really tacky, vulgar things from joke shops. And then she finds a card (laughs) saying, Happy St. Patrick's Day, Daddy, from Hayley. And then she remembers Yvonne has a daughter called Haley. Oh no. <laughs> Talk about Chekhov's Yvonne. She's come back in a real way. <laughs> so she rings up David at work, says he needs to come home immediately because there's a problem with the baby. And so the filing com- cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> he comes home panicked and says, Oh my God, what's wrong with Naomi? The daughter they have together. Uh-huh. And Twink says, Not that baby. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> And then she throws the cards at his face. This is such a good soap opera. I would watch every day. There are so (laughs) many details in this book. How have I not got, I mean, how have I not got my hands on this book so far? Seriously. I'm going straight out to get it. I want a copy. I feel like, Gwanya, did you read this in like one sitting? (laughs) I, this is the second time I've read this book. I cannot, I read it the first time. And I I got it, I got it as a Christmas present for my mom. And then I started reading it on St. Stephen's Day. And then I just, I never gave it back to her. (laughs) Okay, look, lads, there's so much we have to get through. Okay, Okay. sorry. David, begs Twink to take him back, saying, I don't care about anybody but you. The others were just cheap owl rides. Okay. And then Twink finds out that her kids have already met their half-sister. <gasps> oh, oh, no. How did she find that out? Because she said they went to, I think it was like Funderland, which is, again, another Irish institution. I mean, they to be like, fair, oh. I, 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 I can work that one out. <laughs> okay. so, so this is how she describes that news to be perfectly honest i wasn't particularly keen on the idea of entertaining the child of some woman he'd screwed in a shop it's difficult to like a child that is basically the product of somebody who got the leg over your husband a woman you couldn't stomach to be near in the first place i wouldn't by any means begrudge the child her life but (laughs) i don't want her near my children oh my goodness okay so by the sounds of it, Twink is not of the sort of the thinking that, oh, you know, never blame the other woman, blame the husband. She blames the other woman big time. Yeah. And okay. So then that Christmas, she's going shopping for toys with David. She picks out a beautiful doll and David asks if it's for Naomi or Chloe, their children. Neither, I replied. I'm Twink. It's for Haley. Mm-hmm. And as I said it, he broke down in tears. Oh. The subterfuge. 
the setups, the punches, it's all there. I don't think that she didn't have an international career because of his cheating. She was just so busy dealing with it and working out her <laughs> next scheme of how to trick him. She just had another career. She, yeah, she has had an international career, but it's an espionage. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so cool. So in order to fully get back together, Twink insists he apologizes for the affair in front of Yvonne his mistress oh my so God. David and Twink drive to her house and in her sitting room David tells her it's over and she'd never been anything more than a bit on the side oh my oh. God Twink what are you doing love oh my God, can you so imagine oh can you imagine God. like have they got like is there biscuits on the table? Like, yeah, did she get dinner ready for them? Thinking, oh, we'll all be friends now. Like, what was she expecting? Yvonne, was the little girl, was Haley listening? Could she hear this? Like, <laughs> bloody hell, the trauma. Okay, go on. <laughs> so horrible. So apparently, Twink is saying, David said to her, you knew I was a married man, Yvonne, and you shouldn't have had an affair with me. Yeah, Yvonne. <laughs> yeah, Yvonne, yourself. you seduced him. And as he was leaving, Yvonne asked him what she should do with his computer. He had a computer there? (laughs) (laughs) And Twink says that David told her to stick it where she put everything else she shouldn't put. Oh, that's mean. Poor I'm I'm on team Yvonne now. Yeah, me too. I swapped. (laughs) So Twink decides she wants revenge. I get so more. After- <laughs> all she's done is revenge. So they go on a skiing holiday where she takes a fancy to a skiing instructor. Mm-hmm. She said, I went out wearing a tiny black dress, no underwear, along with a fox fur coat and fuck me shoes. So she sneaks out for a night of passion with the ski instructor the next morning, she said she walked back into the chalet wearing only her fur coat. Classic. Only her fur coat and uh, her high heels and nothing else. She said David had spent the entire night crying and asked where had she been. Again, I'll let Twink take over the story. She said, that's none of your business, darling. Just like you felt it was none of my business to know where you've been all those nights I stayed up pacing the house. Just be content to know that I had a wonderful night. Phew. In fact, I'm hot just thinking about it. (laughs) Then she throws off her fur coat and in just her high heels said, Night, night, dear, and walked to bed. So what we're saying is Twink has never experienced Esprit de l'Escalier where she... Looks behind, she gets to the bottom of the stairs and goes, oh, I wish I'd said that. She never has that. She just says it all. It all comes out perfectly formed. Yeah. Like a movie. According to Twink. <laughs> I have no reason not to believe her. And it's, but she's never experienced that. Oh, damn, I wish I'd said that. She says it all. She says it beautifully. And then she turns on her heel and swishes her fur coat and off she goes. <laughs> that's how I want to live guys that's, that's I love it dream. it's so Jackie Collins isn't it it's, it's very that's the thing whether or not we take all this word for word or just an embellishment it doesn't really matter because like I said this is just a really well like well written entertaining Jackie Collins book basically so I'm into it it's incredibly skillful storytelling it's that's perfect. what I'm saying yeah we've got an anti-hero Twink is an anti-hero okay she's 100% and she can spin a yarn and I'm down with it <laughs> so Tara I think this is a good uh, position to kind of pause for a little bit mm-hmm. and what we like to do with all our couples is 
just imagine, uh, bring, 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 the phone's going. I know this is terrifying, but Tara, it's Twink. Okay. She wants to speak to you. Okay. Her and David Agnew are going for a night on the town. It's like, let's say, mid-90s. Yeah. What do you imagine a night out, let's say in Dublin, with Twink and David being like, talk us through? Oh, they'd have gone for dinner somewhere, somewhere like the truck, somewhere very theatre with all the mm. photographs on the wall. Twinks, of course, beautiful. They'd, of course, sit under her photo. Yeah. Um, everything is beautifully sort of vaselined out. It's everything. The lighting is gorgeous and warm um, and everybody applauds as she goes through the restaurant. <laughs> David trailing gently behind <laughs> her, looking sheepish, but also adoring. So they, they have their dinner at the truck. And then they go, um, they go to Reynard's, uh, a, a nightclub uh, beloved by rock stars at the time. And um, they probably meet other very famous people because where else would you go? You have to be yeah. among your peers. She would dance with every young fella there, leaving David sitting at the bar, minding her drink. And mm-hmm. uh, he, everyone walks past him going, man, because they would all say, man, man, you fucked up, man. You totally <laughs> fucked up, man. Um, and she would just from the dance floor clock, just clock him and kind of look a little, a little sort of sympathetically towards him because after all, this is her guy. Mm. And after dancing with the latest young sensation, a band that someone who now doesn't work in bands anymore, but did then and was about to break, but didn't. And then they go home, they, they get a taxi because in the late 90s, there were a lot more taxis on the Dublin streets than there had been in the early 90s. They have no problem getting a cab. And they make violent love in the back of the cab on the way home <laughs> and and get there safely. <laughs> and what do you think? What do you think their vibe is? Like, do you imagine, let's say you're there, you've got your little drink and you're going, oh God, do you imagine, do you, do you think you'd be worrying things are going to go kick off between them? What do you think their interaction together as a couple? I like? feel like at that stage, he's so subdued. If they're out in public at all together, mm. I feel that in my fantasy version, he's so subdued and cowed and sort of dying to get her attention back that he's going to mind his P's and Q's mm-hmm. and she will be the, the she's the yeah. flame around which all the other moths are gathering and mm. David has to button it if you'll pardon, if pardon the foreshadowing. And yeah. <laughs> he has to button it and give her all that love. Yeah. her. I imagine at some stage Twink and Louis Walsh just up at the bar, just G&Ts, just yeah. looking around being like, who's in? Who's in? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, amazing. Okay, well, let's get back to our story. Um, so she's got revenge, but she's still it's i Tara, i hate to break your illusions but it seems like david has not learned his lessons stop no. are you serious Grania? can't be so i'll give you again just a montage this is a montage because you know this could be a 10-part series so he cheats on her again finola sherry Oh. That's a S-H-E-R-R-Y. She works with David in the orchestra. One time he comes back late at night driving Fanula's car. It blocks Twink's car. So she moves it by just ramming it out of the way. And uh, it has to be towed away. Then she so he starts having an affair with Ruth Hickey. I right, your last and, name's Hickey. Come on, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> um, so she plays the carrot clarinet and Twink said I bet that she da- does <laughs> that David tried to put her off the scent by repeatedly telling her how much he hated the clarinet and anybody who plays it Ugh, she's had he's that the- thing in her mouth 
I'm not going near it. No way. <laughs> Clarinet. He's the worst liar. God, so for someone funny. to get it so much, he's not exactly smooth, is he? God, he sucks. So then David leaves Twink for Ruth. Oh, wow. Okay. And then she finds out that David and Ruth are having a baby. Oh, God, not again. Another one. This guy's starting franchises. <laughs> um, so then Twink leaves a, a voicemail message. Again, this is foreshadowing on Ruth's phone. I would pay money to hear this voicemail. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> and she says herself in her book that the guardie, that's the police, that's the cops, uh -huh. paid a visit to Twink's house just off the back of the voicemail message. Oh, I want to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear it. Um, but then I think what really hurts Twink, it seems, is not so much the child, is that then Ruth gets her own magazine column and her and David become a rival media couple. A big, oh my God. So this is now late 90s now we're talking. And they're now a big, and it's, oh my God. So this is the noughties. This is the noughties. Oh, we're noughties now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now, hang on a sec. Is Ruth much younger by any chance? Or is she... I think, yeah, she, yeah, she is younger. That hang makes on. sense. Okay, Tara, I want you to check your... Okay, I just want you to check oh, your yeah. thing. So then, really what this whole... We haven't even got to the juicy part yet. Um, Twink, around this period, leaves a voicemail message on David's phone that changed Ireland. And many things changed in Ireland. Repeal the Eighth, equal marriage, the Brits finally leaving, and <laughs> Twink's voicemail message. Yeah. And this was leaked, and we're still recovering from it as a people. So, uh, Tara, I've, I've given you the thing, so I'm, I'm going to oh, ask no. you. <laughs> oh, no, it's too iconic. Do I dare? <laughs> Come up, enter your, you're entering your divahood now. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I get all the intonations correct. They were so perfect. Um, so this is this is a voicemail message that Twink left on her husband's phone after she found it just off the back of his his you know his new girlfriend. They've had a baby. There's lots of pictures of him with his new uh, new girlfriend and baby in the press. Twink leaves a voicemail message. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I don't think I can impersonate her. She's too much of an icon, but I will read it out. I'll read it out in okay. my best, best voiceover voice. Okay. Now, if I see one picture of you and that ugly whore in the paper with yet another bastard, if I see one picture, listen to this, you fat, bald, middle-aged dickhead, you will never see your daughters again, never. They've suffered enough pain, enough hurt, enough misery with a prick like you for a father. Put your Mickey back in your trousers. What are you trying to prove, you stupid fuck? Everyone's laughing at you. If you heard what the crew of the show, if you heard what they say about you, if you heard what people down on the street of Limerick say about you to me, you're a fucking idiot. You need to zip up your Mickey. Stop looking like a stupid middle-aged prick with your nappies. What are you like? One picture and you don't see your girls again, dickhead. I hope you and your bastard and your whore rot in hell. <laughs> and it's scene. iconic. <laughs> like this did the rounds like in such a major way. It was it was everywhere at the time. And there is a horror part where we all go, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, staring at the ceiling at 4 a.m. going, did I leave a voicemail? Sometime in the noughties that yeah. could could it make its way online? Like that horror of a secret shared because yeah, everyone 
everyone heard it. So it was, so at the George, which is like the, the most famous uh, gay nightclub in Ireland, drag queens regularly did like lip syncs. Lip-syncs. You could buy, zip up your Mickey t-shirts, zip, zip up your Nick Mickey bags. Yeah, just for those listening at home, um, as Tara was reading that, the pause before she said, zip up your Mickey, both her and Grania in unison raised their hands up in honour of the iconic sentence that they both knew was coming. Like This was clearly sort of a cultural thing that you just knew immediately. So zip got, up your Mickey is it. So you've got Samuel Beckett, I can't go on. I must not go on. I'll go on. And you have Twink. Zip up your Mickey. Yeah, and, and there you have Ireland. And, and what my what my delivery there didn't because I could never even try to replicate the beauty of her delivery, her, her original delivery, the rage, the rage in, in her there. Voice. It's unmatched. There are growls. There are rasps. I can't wait to hear it. He, he, oh, if I'm it were me, immediately. if it were me, my Mickey would have fallen off. <laughs> just just through but it's so terrifying but she's you know she's a, a woman scorned and hell definitely hath no fury it but yeah the, the horror of it is the secret shared and i don't know will we ever know how that voicemail leaked Brad and angelina's split has nothing that looks like they it, it respectfully uncoupled compared yeah. to I mean, you've talked about the troubles. This was the troubles. Got it. Got you. Okay. So um, she has no regrets about the voicemail. She says women come up to her all the time saying that they love her for it and they've all felt the same. And she's just said what they all thought. She even, to the horror of her daughters, bought merch with Zip Up Your Mickey on it. Yes, of course she did. And she compared Ruth, the mother Mistress. of the war bastard, yeah. to Camilla Parker Bowles. Oh, wow. And thereby comparing herself to Diana, <laughs> which that's the best part about that, of course. Well, she didn't, she oh, didn't say suppose, that. Oh, I suppose that would make me, I never thought of that, but you're right, that would make me Diana. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so 2009, they're finally officially divorced. My goodness, 2000, bear in mind, guys, if you listening carefully, he's cheated on her first in 1981. This has been going on for so long. There were only landlines when he started cheating <laughs> exactly. on her. Exactly. So this is how they sort of speak about their, their, their journeys since the mm-hmm. divorce. So Twig, at the end of her book, casually mentions, oh, by the way, I've been in a, a passionate love affair with an Egyptian translator for over 20 years passion for languages i mean we always knew it passion for languages uh whereas and i will quote directly uh so she says it she seems like david really regrets the divorce and really wishes he was still married to her and i'm going to quote this is directly from twink david is now on his own with nothing but memories of scattered lives she said that she asked David why he never just told her about any of the affairs. And she said he told her the nearest he ever came to telling her about his affairs was after they had made love on the balcony of their hotel in Jerusalem. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. But she says, and I'm quoting her directly, I think he now realises... That he has never had a better woman in his life. Of course, of course. Mike, drop. I mean, 
Yeah. Oh, the, not the balcony in Jerusalem. I, I, I'm actually speechless. <laughs> That's amazing. What a woman. So, Tara, I mean, again, we only have her side of the story. Yeah. I, I, I could have messaged David on Facebook to find out how he's doing, but yeah. it felt disrespectful. But I have to ask you, Twink and David, why do you think it didn't work out? What went wrong? Listen. They're, sh- they're Irish royalty. They're Irish royalty. I believe, because I did a little kind of, where are they now in, during the week? Uh, research guys, you know, I, I, I did some. Um, but I believe it's quite amicable now because the daughters are grown up and mm. I think they all had a very rocky patch as often happens when splits are happening and that they're all quite amicable now. So maybe, I don't want to, Guys, I don't want to jinx things, but is there hope for the future? Is it over, is what I'm saying. Are we oh sure it hasn't worked out? This is just a blip in, in terms of the length of their relationship and the rockiness of it during it. This could just be a little bump in the in the road mm-hmm. that, that they'll just glide over and out will come the fox fur again and, you know, off they'll go in that taxi. Violent love making all the way home. Yeah. Do you think a bit of Taylor Burton? They could be a bit of a... Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, it's such a shame it didn't work out for these crazy kids because it's clear there was true love there. Anyone who will rubbish another woman for you, I guess, is that love. (laughs) But, you know, he did it for her. I think we know that the reason it didn't work out is that no man is man enough for our twink. Yeah. And that David must have known that deep down. And that's why he sought solace elsewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not convinced it's done for good. You well, think you heard it here first, guys. You think it's not full stop. It's dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, That's dot. Right. Mm. Well, okay. Well, sadly, at the time of going to press, <laughs> they are not reunited. No. They are They are still split up. They're legally separated. So that's when we come to our next question. And again, I think I have a feeling where you're going to land on this. Mm, but yeah. in the great split... Between Twink and David Agnew, who thrived and who simply survived? Twink will always thrive. She will <laughs> always thrive with that access to, to language alone, with the, yeah, the turns right. of phrase, the turn on her heel. She's always been a quadruple threat. And, yeah. you know, she's baking now on top of it and excelling yeah. at that. There's nothing yeah. she can't do. She will <laughs> always come out on top. And How old are these two crazy kids now? Uh, well, Twink is Ballpark. timeless. She just she doesn't recognize age. I would say maybe she's of the generation of if you're going to use that something as something thing, as archaic as numbers. Yeah, uh, I would say maybe what seventies. I was going to say yeah. yeah I was going to say it sounds about right. Seventies, yeah. But you know, time, uh, Twink is 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 a mood. She's a vibe. She's a situation. What a couple? What, what a couple? Oh. God, oh. Twink, if you're listening, send us a slice. <laughs> well, also, speaking of someone who was timeless, someone who was ageless, someone who was a mood in a moment, Tara, we have one more question for you before you leave. Ruh, ruh. And it's, it's a good one, don't worry. But another okay. woman just like this, timeless, ageless, what have you, is someone that we are very obsessed with trying to find someone at her level. And much like much like Twink, we don't think there is a man who can come to that level, but we're still on the hunt. We're looking. 
So put your thinking cap on, Tara, and see if you can come up with someone. Gender is not an issue. If they're with someone else, also not an issue. We believe anyone would step aside to let their partner be with this person. So can you think of anyone who can be with the one, the only, Cher? (gasps) Cher. Mmm. I will just put this out there. Twink is currently single. I'm just saying. (laughs) I mean, now I can't get that image out of my head. That's perfection. Only they could truly understand the other's life. Only they know what it's like to be an icon who still moves around in a human body. Um, Someone who is both really well known to us and a mystery. I mean, I don't know why you put that in my head, Chantal. Sorry. That's it. You're absolutely right. You were going to come to it. Don't worry. You were going to. It was in all of our heads. Let's be honest. And I love the idea of them being super glam when they want to. And also going around the house in their jammies, making cakes and just living a beautiful, companionable life free of Mickey's and filing cabinets and oboes and just... Just eating cake and and, and and singing to each other. How beautiful. about men <gasps> wearing their furs. We have to get them together. It would be just so beautiful. Oh. I think uh, Sure and Twink maybe were together in a past life. I think so. With Perry Cuomo at the, uh, at the, at yeah. the volcano. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, what an amazing couple, Tara. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank so you for much. And for the education as well. Thank you so much. For the so education. Much. For the oh, education. Stop. I literally... Stop. So Tara, uh, where can our listeners find you? What are you up to? Well, where at, can we? at the moment, the thing that most UK listeners and Irish listeners, of course, um, can listen to is my podcast with Marion Keys, the author Marion Keys. Oh. We solve problems because as you can tell from this podcast, this guy here, very wise, very <laughs> wise. Uh, also, that just means old, really. So um, I've made a lot of mistakes and I like to pass on how to try and avoid those mistakes mm-hmm. uh, to, to other people. So uh, it's called Now You're Asking with Marion Keys and Tara Flynn and it's available on uh, BBC Sounds. Amazing. I love it. Now you're asking on BBC Sounds. I felt so professional there. I felt real Dermot <laughs> O'Leary. It was. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Tara. Thank, thank you, Tara. Having... So lovely and to let's see hope, you too. Let's hope if Twink finds us, she'll be kind and benevolent to us both. <laughs> we can only hope, but we will take whatever we get <laughs> from the almighty Twink. <laughs> The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush, so email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The The Way way they They Were.